Aloha, namaste, I'm Ash. And I'm Matt, we are The Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of The Inner Work Podcast. In today's episode, we want to address a controversial subject about what we're witnessing and observing in the spiritual New Age community, and also share from our own experience our own falling into this uh, trap of using spirituality as a rationalization for indulging in shadow behaviors Mm -hmm. and spiritually bypassing yeah looking at the things we're doing and and evaluating is this actually in truth or am i actually just using a spiritual concept to distort it so that i can do whatever i want yes so a couple of ways that i just want to make sure we're all on the same page of what we're talking about here is we're noticing that the human ego um, out of defense, which we're going to get into deeper, of feeling ashamed or rejecting their shadow behaviors yeah, for so long. The, the ego is so desperate for a way to embrace that part of itself that it's going into New Age and spirituality and being like, great, this self-love, self-acceptance. Um, law of attraction. Law of attraction. All of these things are validations and and reasons for me to be the way I am and not need to look at myself and not need to change. So I'm going to over embrace my shadows and in my overindulgences. So like, let's just say one of the ones I'm seeing really often is this embracing of our sexuality by being overly sexualized on social media and then saying that it's a spirit, it's in a spiritual context. Like I'm being naked on social media because this is me loving myself and embracing my sexuality. So this is me being a spiritual person or maybe like not wanting to look at our shadow tendencies of addiction or substance use and being like, I'm just human. I'm in, I'm awake. I'm woke. I'm embracing myself. I know I'm self-aware. So therefore still doing these things is okay because I'm beyond them because I'm self-aware which is kind of an ego lie. And another one might be like spiritually bypassing and being like, we all need to do our inner work. So therefore I have no impact on other people. That's yours. If you're upset, that's yours. Mm, That one's huge. Yeah. And so these are just some, I'm sure there's dozens of examples Mm -hmm. of how we can take spiritual concepts out of context Mm -hmm. and use them for ego validation of full indulgence in our shadows which is not the same as self-acceptance and embracing and sitting with our shadows those are Mm. they're okay you get what i'm saying yeah i think totally and so i think the most simplified version is is like um as we you know, awaken and expand our perspectives of things. And as we try to move out of shame, and and a lot of this comes from trying to escape the themes of consciousness of shame and guilt. And as we try to, you know, learn the ideas of unconditional love and acceptance and forgiveness, compassion, embracing um, mistakes in our human nature, that, you know, those concepts, if not very carefully watched, become very easily rationalized for there's no need to have standards and standards are standards and discipline are uh, negative and limiting and a problem. I think that that belief is further 
it, it, it gets really concreted into the mind of somebody who's dabbling in non-duality. Yeah, especially, yeah. Because non-duality is like, there is no good and bad. There it's is no wrong. right and wrong. There's no, you know, and these, yes, we can talk about this more, mm -hmm. but, but in the way that the ego is using that from its current theme of context, context is taking that concept so it's taking it out of context. Yeah, totally. And, and that's the biggest thing, you guys. You know, today we'll kind of spend a lot of time talking about the spiritual reality and that spiritual dimension is very real. Energy is very real. Um, spiritual consequences are very real. And one of the things, uh, biggest things on that topic is that there is still such a thing as suffering and joy and consequence. And uh, just because you rationalize a behavior doesn't mean you're escaping a consequence of it mm -hmm. so um or it, the impact that and, and the impact exactly so like for example we're going to give examples of both of ash and i's uh coping mechanisms for how we went through this and i'll use mine to start because a lot of people probably well i guess it's probably even we've met a lot of people that relate to both mm -hmm. but i'll speak to pretty much all the examples ash just gave those were the ones i did so mine got as bad as this is I took study of enlightenment and I used non-duality, I used all these things to rationalize and, and actually validate my addiction and, and was like praising God for my addiction. It's like holy distortion. Let's backtrack just a little bit and talk about what that belief system is, the foundation of it. Mm -hmm. Like what is non-duality? What is this spiritual reality so that mm -hmm. we can understand what it is and how it can so easily get construed and then give the example of and, okay, what, totally. you, and what, what your ego took and did with that. Okay, totally. So to, to break it down from the beginning is, first we'll start with the themes of consciousness that usually do this. So first is shame and guilt and judgment. So these are the, the epitome of the shadows of the human experience. They're very, very painful, they're dark, um, and they have to do a lot with repression and abuse and being feeling rejected so if you're a person who first finds non-duality from the theme of consciousness of uh, enduring abuse sexual abuse trauma rejection or being in a very strict religion that you feel guilty for your human existence mm -hmm. you feel guilty for your natural human inclinations like i have sexual urges therefore i am I'm a sinner and I'm disgusting and I'm hated and I'm judged and I'm not loved by God. If you're somebody who has these themes in your life mm -hmm. and you come across non-duality, this is kind of how it could be interpreted. Mm -hmm. so, so what will happen is the, the, the ego and the theme of shame and guilt, um, you have to understand that the ego is the ultimate con artist. So it, it constantly is distorting things and it will always distort the truth. So here comes the truth, like the non-duality basic premise is everything is God. Um, it's all God. All of this life, all of this existence is one infinite God, supreme consciousness, source. It's all one. It's all perfect. It's all it's perfect. All love. It's all divine. It's all love. It's all God. There's incarnate. no me and you. Yeah, there's no such thing as separations. Um, all of this is a projection of God. So it's all self. Now... This reality is a uh, hologram of the divine yeah, the eye. Divine, the divine eye that is just um, infinite subjectivity that is split itself into the illusion of separation. What we could understand this as, here's some context ideas for you. Think of it as virtual reality. Um, think of it as Inception, like the movie Inception, where 
technically all the buildings, all the people, all the stuff is all just in someone's subconscious mind. So this reality is the entire, you know, it's, it's only one. It's just being one. Being projected exactly. as many. And so technically we're all yeah. the same one. Exactly. So in the Eastern traditions where non-duality comes from, the whole premise is this is all God's dream or mm -hmm. illusion, Maya. Um, and, and there's like the, the, the story of like Indra, every time Indra is breathing in and out, an entire universe is born and then goes away and then is born and goes away. And it's infinite. So therefore the concept gets really, I, I am God then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of danger here because first is it can be really used. You can imagine from lower themes of consciousness, this can get, this gets used as rationalization for all ego behavior and it can get it can literally get as bad as a narcissist um, rationalizing extremely abusive behavior and saying this is all God like I'm I'm not wrong and here's what I've observed um, especially with all the work I do you know helping and counseling on one-on-one -on -one level I've really seen the ins and outs of this throughout my years of counseling and, and working in psychiatry when when a lower theme or even if it's you know for people like us that Maybe we're not living in the lower theme, but we have wounds in it. So most of us, what I've observed is pretty much every human I've ever met has a wound and shame and guilt that they haven't really reconciled. We've been rejected by somebody. Mm -hmm. We've we've been outcasted. We've been judged. We feel judged mm -hmm. for being ourselves. And then that solidifies as a belief about ourselves mm -hmm. and usually goes unhealed mm -hmm. so if it if goes unhealed and you come across spirituality you're like okay spirituality and all of these concepts are going to be my liberators out of my pain i'm going to heal myself mm -hmm. but I'm you never you. healed that wound of shame and rejection mm -hmm. shame and rejection will still be operating you You'll still be operating out of rejection. On an unconscious level. On an unconscious level. And you will take these spiritual teachings and use them to further stay in that theme. Yeah. So so what it does now, now we got kind of the context here. So we all have these wounds of, of, of shame and, and guilt um, on some degree. Now some of us really extreme, some of us smaller, but pretty much everyone I've ever met has something going on there that they have it. Unless they can honestly talk about it and reconcile it and discuss it, uh, it's probably there. Mm -hmm. And so... Us included. Yeah, and we were included in all this. So what happens is the ego, the shadow ego, learns all this information. And while some of it is totally used usefully and beautiful, that's great. But today we're going to really focus on uh, what the ego does to distort this to rationalize its negative behaviors. And so what it does is it comes across this and says, oh, great. I don't, you know, I knew it. I knew all these standards and these disciplines and this like holding me accountable to something was all BS. And I knew it. I knew I can be free. I can do whatever I want. I'm being shut down. I'm being rejected. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So the ego gets so excited because it's like, this is wonderful. I can distort this to my advantage so that I can rationalize that I, I am not wrong uh, and I am not rejected for what I did or what has happened. So an example of this is like, let's say you were uh, guilt and judged, you were guilted and judged for, you know, you grew up in a really strict religion, you started being promiscuous at a young age, you were damned, you had to do all these like consequential actions with like your family and your church and like, oh my gosh, this traumatized you. Yeah, you I mean, that was literally me. She's describing me yeah, in so many ways. You come across 
non-duality and Hinduism and Buddhism and all these things, and you're like, oh, they were wrong. Well, then not they were wrong, but sure. maybe, yeah. Maybe that's kind of what the ego does. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was actually right because I, it's all God. It, there's no mistakes. There's mm -hmm. no there's no bad decision that could have been made. I was never wrong. It's all love. And then the ego kind of wants to further indulge in that to prove it's lovable even in its yes. shadows. And we'll start doing similar behaviors like continuing to be promiscuous and indulging in mm -hmm. sexuality, pornography, or over-sexualization and being addictions. like, and be like, this is me being spiritually liberated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. That's one example. Maybe another example is um, maybe being denied friendship or love from somebody for a very, uh, you know, problematic behavior and getting rejected for that problematic behavior mm -hmm. and then feeling validated that you shouldn't have never been rejected and everybody should have to deal with your problematic behavior because there's problem. nothing. It's their problem. Mm -hmm. And they projected it, quote yep. unquote, onto you, and they held you to a standard that they shouldn't have held you to. Yep. And they were being judgmental. And they were being judgmental, and you're perfect as you are, and you don't need yep. to change anything. Exactly. Okay. So this is exactly the pitfall right here, because what what the ego in these themes is doing is it is taking the notion of unconditional love, <laughs> and it is distorting it to rationalize its negative behavior and it makes the other person the problem. So it's a form of gaslighting, it's a form of spiritual bypassing, it's just flat out 100% indulgence in darkness while calling it light. So it's important that we keep repeating this because the teachings themselves of non-duality, they're true. Mm -hmm. But if digested from a lower theme of consciousness, because everything is consciousness. So whatever theme of consciousness you're in, that is your perception of reality. You're wearing a lens, a filter of reality. You see society and you view it a certain way. You see your family, you view it a certain way. You have the same experience as somebody else and you view it differently because it's coming from your own theme of consciousness. Like wearing glasses. And spirituality is not, um, what's that word? An exception. You find spirituality and you're still going to be viewing it from your own theme of consciousness. So it's not a universal truth in this sense. It is a universal truth, but depending on whose theme of consciousness is learning about the spiritual teaching, it will be interpreted and validated and used per that person's theme of consciousness. And this is why we see so many problems in religions. Because it depends who's preaching it. It depends who's interpreting it. Because from one person's theme of consciousness, they're going to say guilt judgment you're damned to hell and from another they're gonna say christ yeah. consciousness is available to you yeah like it's kind of like the example of a pastor could read a scripture and tell you about how loved god like how loved you are and how forgiven and how much compassion god has for you and the, another pastor could read that same thing and and convey that we're damned and you need to hurry up and you're screwed and you're going you know, to hell, you're going to hell. And it, it's a perfect way to think of it. Um, Non-duality in, in Hinduism and Buddhism and, and, and New Age is not exempt. Yeah, there's no exception. People are taking the same thing that they were running away from in religious circles mm -hmm. and they're, they're doing the same thing in New Age. And, and it's, it's, we're watching it. It's amazing. Yeah, amazing in a uh, scary kind of way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's all, you know, it all works out. And this is an example of non-duality concept. It's like it all works out in the end. So it's not to be, um, you know, we're not like trying to 
scare anybody or obsess. We're just trying to be beacons of actual truth and guidance here and bring awareness and bring awareness to something that's not really being talked about because, you know, in a lot of ways we feel like people are turning a blind eye to it, which is why we're bringing it up is, is this is actually something to be aware of is, um, let's get back to the kind of the timeline here. What this essentially does on either a grand or a small scale is it rationalizes abuse Mm -hmm. and it justifies, um, pain with each other and it's actually the worst kind of suffering because this person is has the truth so when we find truth like this and we distort it oh geez that's even more painful Mm -hmm. because now you think you know the truth so to get back to my example now um whatever my addiction was whether it was alcohol marijuana or pornography uh i would use these spiritual teachings to actually praise God for them mm-hmm. and give thanks. Now this shows how twisted this stuff can get because I'm literally thanking God for my own self-destruction mm-hmm. and hurting other people. So I'm thanking God that I get to abuse people. I'm thanking God that I get to abuse myself because all these addictions are harming me. Now this is gonna be the main thing we're gonna talk about today, which is, yeah, 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 man, no one's judging you and it is all God and you're totally loved. But you are still having an impact. There's still consequences. still consequences to your choices. And it's still effing yourself up and other people. Like you can choose that, but the ego will convince somebody on this path who hasn't healed their shadow themes of guilt and shame mm. that the things they're doing are actually of higher consciousness. Yes. So this is the con. Just because Total you con. know about non-duality doesn't mean that every lower thing you indulge in is now a higher thing. Exactly. So you're like, oh, great, I can still drink and smoke and look at porn. And like, because I know non-duality, I'm an ultra spiritual being and everything I do now is hence spiritual. Yeah, and, no. I, can, and I can be extremely sexualized and just fully put my, like, sexualize myself out and in, in public and be like, I'm so self-love. liberated. Self-love. So liberated. I can be wasted. And be like, oh, I'm so liberated. I can just drink whatever I want. And, and not judge myself. I can do drugs. I can just, there's no judgment, man. Or just you can just free. hurt people and take no accountability exactly. no and accountability. be like, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't affect you because you should yep. be doing your inner work. And that's your own projection on me. Just so you guys know, I said and did all of these things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking full accountability here. Speaking from experience that. Um, we went through all these things firsthand. You know, there were plenty of times where I was hurting Ash and I was just like, dude, that's your thing. Like, I'm over here in bliss and light. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And she's that's like, yours. you've got to be kidding me. So here's the thing I want to say about this one. Let's just let's just clear this one up and let's let's put this one to rest. The reason this is not true. Hmm is yes, we are all responsible for doing our inner work, for working on ourselves, for looking at our own triggers, for questioning and self-evaluating our own belief systems, watching our reaction and being responsible for that reaction. Our reaction is the only thing we are responsible for. So when someone else triggers us, in that moment, we are responsible for doing our inner work, asking why we're triggered and being accountable to the reaction to that trigger. But at the same time, The person who is doing a problematic behavior is equally responsible for the impact Mm. and they're scapegoating that they have an impact because why is the reason we all have unconscious reactions, traumas, defenses, stories that aren't serving us of shame, guilt, we're all being problematic out of our unconscious wounds. Why do we even have these wounds? Because someone 
impacted us. Because with somebody impacted us. Yep. So when you act unconsciously in a problematic way, you're passing on that trauma to the mm -hmm. next person. Mm -hmm. And it goes on and on. And this is why we have ancestral karma, because we do impact each other. Mm -hmm. So it's both. We have to be accountable for how we impact our our environment, the world at large, our family, our friends. We have to be accountable to the impact that we do have on others. And I would say it's kind of like this. We have to take accountability for both directions. Yes. So we have to be accountable because what, what shame and guilt rationalizes this stuff for um, is it rational and, and pride too. I would say pride's another theme that will really use this a lot. And then obviously desire. So we've got four main ones, but I would definitely say shame and guilt especially really love this stuff. They love flipping this so that they don't have to face anything. Mm -hmm. So what uh, happens here is accountability is only taken on one side. Mm -hmm. So, oh, no, 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 Ash, you have to worry. You got to take the accountability. One you're the one triggered. Well, what about me taking accountability for it? You're the one who just emotionally punched her. You're the one who just emotionally effed her up and you think, oh, she just needs to take accountability for that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is the biggest distortion of our time, you guys. This is the biggest it's half like, I'm hitting lie. you, but you shouldn't get exactly. hurt by that. This is like me hitting my wife and then being like, oh my gosh, Why you're you okay. Hurt? Why are you crying? Why are you hurt? And sh her looking at me being like, you're insane. Yeah, and then being like, you should be transcendent. You should be, tr yeah, don't be hurt. babe, don't be hurt that I just slapped you. Like, come on. I just was in my humanness. I was just being. Yeah. Like I'm just I being, shouldn't affect you. I shouldn't it shouldn't bother you. Like this is, this is absurd, you guys. This is what we're doing to each other. On obviously smaller scales with, emotionally and spiritually. It's right. With our language, with our conversations, mm -hmm. with our non unconscious reactions, with you know, we're all unconsciously operating from our own oh. triggers and wounds, but but it's both. We have to be accountable both to ways. our impact and we have to be accountable to our perception and response. Yeah, so accountable for your actions, accountable for your reactions. And this is why Buddha teaches you have to have right speech, right thought, right action. It's all three worlds. Like mm -hmm. it's in your thoughts, it's in your, it's your speech and it's in your actual action and behavior that you take in this world. You have to be accountable to all of it. Yeah. Now, here's another layer of this scapegoating that can happen that we're just kind of trying to point out all these big spiritual pitfalls that we're seeing today and to help you because you guys, here's the biggest thing. The reason why we're talking about this is because this leads to suffering. Yeah. So much suffering and we're trying to help you I have to say, not suffer. This is actually, I just want to say, this is the worst suffering. Worst. Because it's, it's worse than somebody who doesn't know anything spiritual mm -hmm. and is doing these things. Once you know all the spiritual truths and then your ego manipulates them, Ugh. what hope do you have? Because now you've taken this truth. You think you're in the truth. And you distorted it. So now yeah. where are you going to go? Because you literally yeah. found the truth and then distorted it. So there's no life vest coming for you. So it's the worst suffering because That's you brutal. took the truth and distorted it. And now there's nothing left to grasp at. Yeah. And well, I would say this, and now the only, your only hope is to hit bottom. Yeah. It's honestly all that's going to ever, now that's all you have left is because the, the truth has already come to you. You know, God already sent you a couple lifeboats and you're like, no, nah, I don't want them. And if anything, you're like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And he's like, you sure you're out here in the middle of the ocean? And you're like, no, 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 I'm okay. I already, I'm, I'm fine. I already, I already got the a, truth. I already, I already got my life. And there's life like vest. holes in your life. Vest. Yeah. It's like your boat's sinking and you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Now here's the issue is the only way for you to finally, if we were to use that analogy, the only way for you to finally realize, holy crap, I actually do need help, is when you're already sinking, you're already, yeah. you're already sunk. So 
I, again, speaking from my own truth, the only way I woke up is I had to lose almost everything. You know, I had to lose, I had to just destroy my life. And as any of you, you know, are familiar with addiction goes, you got to hit bottom. You know, I had to hit bottom. I had to, and, and it sucks because I really wish that this could have been explained to me, but you know, that's kind of the nature of, I guess, how my life works is it's like trial and error. And I had to learn for myself because these pitfalls are not being talked about. People are not just owning it and being like, dude, that's totally not accountable. Like I didn't have a man or someone in my life come be like, yo, dude, like you're totally lost. And like, you're, there's no way that's the truth. And the other thing because is... Because the whole world was justifying it. The, the bigger problem is that people don't know they're suffering. Like, mm -hmm. you didn't know you were suffering. You didn't know you had <laughs> I thought addiction. I was liberated, which is why it's the worst kind of suffering. Because you're so lost in your own delusion that you think, I'm so free. Yeah, you didn't even know you were suffering. So then what do you do? How do you help people who don't even know that there's a problem? And that's the issue, is they have to see everybody leave their life. They have to see their things fall apart. They have to see their financial world fall apart. They have to see their relationships fall apart. Yeah. And eventually, maybe finally ask, hey, holy crap, maybe I'm the issue. Yeah. Because every single relationship I keep having really doesn't like me. And I keep blaming them. I keep telling them, hey, man, that's your stuff. Now, here's what happens is you start to think, wow, everybody just is so, <laughs> so lost. Because I am perfect. And <laughs> everyone just seems to have a problem with me. And that's their trigger, you know, geez, they really need to work and do their own work yeah. because I am liberated. And it's just, it's, it's total madness. And so um, I do want to point out the biggest thing with spirituality, guys, is there are spiritual consequences. Sure, it's all God, but God is also hell then in that case. Like you are also, you know, if everything is God, you want to get really deep for a second on non-duality? Hey, man, just because everything's God doesn't mean everything's peaceful. Yeah. God is everything then. That means also God is infinite suffering as well as infinite joy. So you still align yourself, you know. Uh, this, is my, this is my, like, serious, like, straight-to-the-point moment with you of accountability is your choices impact you. And as someone who tasted of the pits of hell and has also tasted of the bliss and joy of, of true love and, and, like, God... I will tell you that you choose every day which direction you're heading. And it's very real. And sure, you can rationalize that it's all God, but they definitely feel different. You know, being, being lost in suffering, uh, or sorry, being lost in distorted truth and half-truths was, was not very good feeling. Uh, it wasn't. It was miserable. Uh, and I was constantly exhausted because I'm constantly having to rationalize. My ego is constantly defensive, constantly getting in, into issues, just endless problems. And then when I take accountability for all this and I face it, there's nothing like a clear conscience. There's nothing like integrity. There's nothing like choosing holiness and sacredness and, and godliness over your ego. There's just no real comparison. And so while, yes, it's all God and you have free will and you're completely loved and you're never judged, they still are very real dimensions. They're still very real consequences. One of the most interesting things to figure out when you when you truly get on this path is that everything you were running away from was actually kind of the medicine because I think most people find non-duality and Hindu teachings and Buddhist teachings in the West because they are running away from the oppressive mm -hmm. 
shame and guilt. Shame and guilt of Western religions. Western religions. Mm-hmm. Only to come into these traditions and find out it's the same stuff. It's the same same truth. The same face. stuff is here. Being in purity is part of this path as well. Mm-hmm. Being accountable is part of this path as well. Making good choices is a part of this path as well. You can't escape it because it is a universal truth. Mm-hmm. And it's here too. But the only difference is, is that this path doesn't come with the societal pressure, I don't feel. Yeah, and it's not, it's not quite as... The East perspective on negative karma is a little, it's a little more useful because it just says, yeah, you can do what you want, but you will reap that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little more empowering versus being like, God will judge you and damn you. That's like, oh, you're like, it's arbitrary. You have it's no power. You have no accountability. It's someone else. Do it and then it just makes you hate God, which is a whole other thing. So, but the East teaches, yeah, yeah, choose what you want, but beware of what you choose. Because, because you, will, you have- will reap a karma from that. You will reap a consequence. And so it's all the same, though. It's all the same. It's saying, be mindful. I think the problem, too, is in the, the Christianity is like the consequences. You're going to be rejected mm-hmm. by God. You're going to be damned to hell. So it's like enforcing rejection. It's enforcing guilt and judgment. And, of course, we're going to push that away because mm-hmm. that's toxic. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the East, it's like there's, they're not saying you're going to be rejected by anybody or you're going to be judged by anybody. You're going to be accountable to yourself. To yourself. And that's exactly. like, okay, okay, I, I, I better feel that. shape up then. Yeah. So one of the biggest things to clarify with all this, let's talk about the true teaching of the unconditional love of God. We absolutely have complete free will, free choice. We're not judged. We're not being damned or rejected. Ash made a great point. We are damned and rejected by our own choices. No one's doing that to us. No one's arbitrarily doing that. It is simply the natural consequences of our own choices. If, you know, for example, God was not making me suffer when I was an addict. I was doing that to myself. I am creating the emotional turmoil in my life. I am the one creating all the suffering in my life. God's not doing that. God's just like infinitely loving me. So much love, so unconditional of love, that God even allows us to screw our lives up. This is the ultimate unconditional love. Now, here's the clarification. Am I judged for that? Am I shamed, rejected by that? Nope. Sure not. God's not, has no opinion of that. Uh, my own ego is the one who has an opinion of that. And the ego is trying to escape accountability. So it blames God and said, don't, says, don't judge me, don't shame me. I am perfect. I am pure. And God's like, yeah, yeah, I know you're perfect and pure, but you're still making horrible choices for what it's worth. You're still hurting yourself. And then my ego's like, no, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> and just like resisting it. So here's the realization. Are we judged? Are we shamed? Nope. Are we totally perfect? Are you totally allowed to choose whatever you want? Yep, absolutely. It's all God. God loves you. God loves you infinitely, so unconditionally that it, God actually has no preference on what you choose. That's what's so radical about non-duality is you're actually completely free to do whatever you want. Now, here's the catch, though. We cannot stand by and let the ego distort this concept as a rationalization for self-destruction because 
it thinks me acting a fool is unconditionally loving. And that is not, we have to clarify something here. Unconditional love is the highest energy of purity, sanctity, holiness, reverence, and extreme worship to a creator. Like, like every moment of your life, you honor and surrender in gratitude that God is your creator, that it is your source, and you're constantly turning over your ego to God. That is why Ramakrishna says it's actually a lot wiser to just give it all to God because it's way too easy for the ego to take these more radical teachings and think it is God. It's way more easy to uh, keep God as something that is outside of your per your small persona than to say, I am God. Yeah, it's way, it's just such a, such a dangerous trap. And, 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 you know, a lot of the saints and sages, if you really study them, like I'm saying, like Ramakrishna said it many, many times, he's like, it's, you know, say, you know, praise and love God rather than saying, I am God, I am God. And he's talking about all the Vedanta, you know, like non-duality perspectives. He's saying that's very, very dangerous because it's so easy for the ego it's, to latch onto it's that. It's true, but for our current progression in consciousness, mm -hmm. 99.9% .9 of people are taking that out of context. Yeah, think of it this way. Here's how my teacher words it, and I just stick to this. If When you truly realize enlightenment of non-duality and you realize that you're God, there will be no one to say that. Exactly. How about that? Yeah. You'll just, it'll be a radical subjective awareness, but there will be no point in saying it because you'd be saying it to yourself and, and there's at, no one to say it because yes. you are not that ego anymore. Yeah. And look at, uh, like, let's just say like Jesus, the beings who actually do understand this, they're still giving it up to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus is a great example. He's always surrendering it still to yeah, God. Yeah, he knows. Ramakrishna, the same thing. My teacher, same yeah. thing. It, yeah. It's the safest way to go, which is to always surrender and give all credit to God, all worship to God, um, every bit of goodness in your life, all gratitude to God. Every bit of your life, surrender and give gratitude to God because it's just the safest way. And same, that's exactly what Ramakrishna said. It's like, it's the safest way is to just give everything to God. So, the important clarification here is you are totally unconditionally loved, but unconditional love itself, like you don't get to be an addict and be in heaven. Yeah. That's not what that means. It doesn't, you don't get to be abusive to people and think that you're unconditionally loved in the form of you get to kick it with Jesus. Okay, let me just like, go back That's on. not what, what this means. Let me just say, when we say be in heaven, we're talking about like now too yeah. like right now mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. are not going to be living in the celestial kingdom of unconditional yeah, like peace ecstatic, and love ecstatic joy and bliss now if you are indulging in your shadows because they are not an energetic match it's literally impossible it's literally impossible so you think your ego thinks that just because you've come to the realization of non-duality that now everything you do will reap the same consequence of unconditional ecstatic joy. You think everything will be joyous now. But yes, but we are still in the human experience and there are still physical consequences to action, which we have to acknowledge. And I think what ends up happening is when we learn about these higher dimensions of spiritual reality we think that we can escape being here and mm -hmm. human embodied like now because we know we're going to bypass all human 
reality consequences, all human reality accountability, all human, like literally people being like, it doesn't matter. I'll just manifest it. It's all like, and they just like, like become very irresponsible with mm -hmm. life very because reckless. you think reckless. Ex oh my gosh. There it's is like a the phase you go through when you first wake up where you just are so reckless so or reckless. at least for us. I'll and every, a lot of people I've witnessed too. Yeah. Okay. So it's common mm -hmm. that when you first learn this, your ego goes to recklessness because when you learn it's a spiritual reality and mm -hmm. it's all this divine dream so of God, exciting. you're like, oh, well then freaking screw taking it seriously. Screw all responsibilities. All responsibilities. And you just think you can bypass it all. But it's like, it's not that way. And I want to read this quote because um, it really puts it into context that it's both. There it's is both. a spiritual reality and you are still in the human condition. Mm -hmm. And so... And and kind of most importantly, again, if we were to surrender everything to God, it's all eternal. So if you're in human form, then just be in human form. Where are you trying to go? Like, if you're going to be like in a light body and in the spiritual dimension, then like, yeah, all in due time. So where, why are you in a rush? But what ends up happening with what you just said is to the extreme, people are like, yeah, I'm just... Where are you going to go? You arrive at that conclusion and then you're like, great, so I'm just going to fully indulge in all my human carnal behaviors. Exactly. And then you go back down. And then the you road. go back down and then you're like, I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm just going to... I'm just going to be human. Just be human. And it's like, and, oh, geez. And then there's no... It's like, whoosh, we got to find balance. So here's this quote. I love this quote. It's by Rene Damal. And it says this. We're talking about spiritual things here, you know, like summits of consciousness. He says... You cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why bother in the first place? Just this. What is above knows what is below, but what is below does not know what is above. One climbs, one sees, one descends. One sees no longer, but one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself in the lower regions by memory of what one saw higher up. One can no longer see, but one can at least still know. I'm going to just like unpack this quote because it's, I just, I love this. So why, why go on the spiritual journey? One cannot stay at the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why even go on this path to begin with? Just like we were just talking about. At the same time, we're still human. We got to remember we can't just stay in the height. We're also still human. So they're saying, why even go on this journey of spiritual enlightenment if you're just going to have to come back down to being human again? Why even start? Why even go on this path? And why even bother? And he says, what is above knows what is below. So once you go to the highest realms of spiritual consciousness possible in this form, you can't unknow it. You will always mm -hmm. know the truth. Mm -hmm. Going is, on the journey is... so brings so much peace. Yeah, going on this journey is so that you can know the truth, so that you can... You can have your own direct experience with divine reality so you know the truth. You go on this journey so you know the truth. And somebody who's never been on this journey cannot perceive or know the truth because they're stuck in the illusion of Maya. How could they know? So he says, what is above knows what's below. Somebody who went on the journey of spiritual enlightenment knows what it's like to be in their suffering of addiction and human ego. But what is below does not know what is above. But somebody who's never went on the spiritual journey or sought spiritual truths literally can't even perceive a reality of peace and non-duality and all is love, all is divine, all is perfect because they're so caught up in their suffering. They've never went on that spiritual journey and they literally don't even know any other reality.
But then eventually you climb, you see, you come back down to human earth, you no longer, you're no longer seeing from that viewpoint of enlightenment because now you're going to work, you have your relationship, you've got to deal with life, you're a human. You have to feed the body. You have to feed the body, you have to deal with all these things. Mm -hmm. But the difference is you have seen truth, you, but you were at the peak and you do mm -hmm. know even now. So the art is now conducting oneself in the lower regions of human experience, being a human. Have your human relationships, have your human uh, responsibilities, but do it by the memory of what you saw higher up. When, when you are no longer in these higher states of consciousness, you can at least still know them and operate from that truth while you're human. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do here. Jiva Mukti. This is my favorite quote right now. It's like, I feel like this is like the teaching for the new age community right now. Like this is what we need because we think that once we realize where we go to the summit, we're in the higher states, we either think these are the two things that happens. We have to stay at the summit. Good vibes only, only bliss. It's your, it's your projection, man. Like, yeah. And then, and then I thought I was going to, I was waiting to die. There was a large portion of uh, when I was like, really intensely every day just meditating, trying to like reach enlightenment. I was just waiting any day to die. I was like, all right, I'm ready. That's it. It's any over. day, yeah, I'm over. I'm done here. Go ahead and take me any day. Like, okay. I get it. I'm ready. And just every day I was kind of waiting to die. I was right. cool with it. I was like, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. These practices of yoga, they bring you into, they help you preview higher states mm -hmm. of consciousness. You do preview higher states. You meditate. You do the kriyas. You do the breath work. You clean out yourself. You, you do inner work. You clear your shadows. You clear your past part. You are going to preview these very high states of consciousness. You're going to be at the peak of the mountain. But ultimately, you're going to come back down. You're going to be human again tomorrow. You're going to have to go to work. You're going to have to have a relationship. So then what happens if you don't try to cling to the summit and only be enlightened bliss and you deny the human experience, and I want to talk about that just a little bit, is if you try to cling to the bliss, you'll start to deny the human experience. And I think I did this. So Matt did the other thing where he clung to his humanness, but uh, I clung to the summit. And at the summit, it's like bliss and like you deny everything that's human because you're, you're beyond it. You're beyond the human experience. I went so deep into that, that I became so dis disassociated with reality. Like I was just like identity less and... And just like didn't really care. Don't care. You know, like just didn't really... Don't like care about the body. Responsibilities don't care. Body, body doesn't care. Like none of this world matters. It led like, me to a lot of just depression. Just kind of checked out. Yeah, because it's like, why am I still here? Like, why am I still a human? Like, I I don't associate or identify with the human condition, like, at all anymore. I've been in the summit for so long mm -hmm. that looking down at the human experience is so foreign to me. that and it's I feel, just, it seems almost, like, petty. Like, why do I have to feed and nurture and take care of this body? Like, why do I have to pay bills and taxes? Why do I, like, come on. I just didn't like, want to be this here. This is all so silly. Which led to depression. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the cons. But then when you realize you have to come back down to the human experience, you're like, okay, I can't stay at the summit. I come down to the human experience. Then you cling to the human. You're like, okay, well, I can't stay at the summit forever. So I'm just going to embrace that I'm a human. You know, I saw the summit, but I am actually a human. I had to come back down. So I'm just going to, you know what? Me embracing my humanness is the most enlightened thing now. I'm going to indulge in all my humanness and not judge any of it. And you go that extreme. Mm -hmm. But the teaching here is come back down from the summit, be human, but remember 
everything you learned at the summit and embody it while you're a human. Yeah. And I, I think the, like, the really like layman way to put that is like maintain the high standards of the summit, but go amongst your life and do what you must do. Boom. Mic drop. Like hold yourself extremely accountable at every moment. Be in divine worship. Be in integrity. Be watching and be mindful of your thoughts and actions. Be mindful and take accountability when you hurt others. Immediately acknowledge it. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Take full accountability for your humanness mm -hmm. while maintaining the highest standards of love and enlightenment you possibly can manage. Yes. You don't just drop it. You don't the just practice. drop it. You okay, now here's a fun thing to talk about. Discipline is actually the highest form of freedom, not recklessness. Is an extreme thing to be clarified. Discipline, high standards is the highest form of liberation because now as as a recovered 14-year addict, you guys, I'm not effing around here. I'm very passionate about this. Me thinking I was liberated, letting myself go into everything I wanted to do was so freaking delusional. It is crazy. And if I can save you one more day living in that delusion, then this was worth it because that was keeping me so enslaved to my urges to my desires, to my addiction. And it was so, I was so deeply conned that I actually praised my own enslavement. And I just pray that you guys can see through this and not have to suffer this hitting bottom. You know, this could be your bottom. You know, we determine what bottom is for us. Like, you know, I was lucky I didn't have to lose Ash, although I sure got freaking close a couple times. You know, that would have been a huge bottom for me. Um, so here's the thing, discipline and high standards are the highest form of empowerment and liberation because you cannot be manipulated, you cannot be controlled, you cannot be altered, and you cannot be, um, you cannot endure negative consequences because you, if you discipline and control yourself, you will never be entangled into negative consequences. If you want to, if I can connect with you on a worldly level for a second, you watch any legit entrepreneur motivational. What will they tell you the key to human success is like worldly success? Discipline, discipline, discipline. They will all tell you Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, a bunch of other motivational speakers in the success entrepreneurial world. They will tell you, you want to be it? Discipline yourself. Get up every day and be disciplined. Now, if we were to convey that into the spiritual world, you want to be truly enlightened and like, a, you know, peaceful you want to be at peace be disciplined be disciplined over your mind be disciplined over your thoughts because here's how addiction worked the, the the mind flashes a thought or past image or video of what you used to do you then are like oh yeah that's a great idea and then you go do it sounds to me like you just got played you just got manipulated and that's what i started to catch on to i was like now wait a minute all my mind has to do is flash me some images, thoughts, memories, do, 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 and I'm just like, do, 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 mindlessly going to get the drug again. I have no self-control. And then ironically, it tells me, man, look how liberated you are. You can, As free, you can do whatever you want. Uh, you're so free. As I'm literally leading you <laughs> to where I want you to go. Your ego is the only enemy that ever existed. Your own ignorance is your only, only enemy that ever existed. And it is the unruly mind and spirit 
It is the darkness of ignorance that distorts the truth and says you are liberated when you are enslaved. It says you are in the light when you are in the dark. Now the ego doesn't always need to be an enemy, but when it's when you're not aware of it, that's when it becomes dangerous. Exactly. It can yeah, be a tool. It's for actually you. just a pet. It can be just a t simple tool. Right. But if you're not self-aware, it can be an enemy. Yeah. It's the yeah exactly, and it's the only thing you ever have to be mindful of is your own undisciplined mind. Yeah. So, why is high standards and discipline the most joyous? Because first of all, you're not. You can't be controlled, you can't be manipulated, you don't endure negative consequences because you, you're so disciplined in your thought, mind, and behavior that you never get entangled into negative choices because you control yourself. So the yogic tradition, Christian teachings, every religion, they all talk about this, but we all seem to have an issue with it. So I would love to convey as someone who swung to both sides to you that being disciplined and having high standards is the greatest form of empowerment and liberation because you are completely free. You cannot be controlled. And not only that, you guys, but you reap the beautiful rewards of a, of a loving life. Mm -hmm. Sleep easy at night. No anxiety. Empowerment. Confidence. Self-esteem. Love. Deep relationships. Integrity. Um, accountability. Like, there's nothing like a peaceful night of sleep. There's no, there's no issues like your relationships are peaceful, uh, your mind is peaceful, you're not having to deal with toxic mind constantly self-sabotaging you and attacking you. And I mean, there's just, the, the benefits are endless. It's just so endless. Think of it this way. If you're trying to lose weight, what do you got to do? Be disciplined. You're trying to get a career, do a, you know, finish a, deg a degree. What do you got to do? Be disciplined. You want to be successful, you got to be disciplined. You want to be spiritually enlightened, you got to be disciplined. Yeah. So just... I guess our concern is just beware of this when you're in, when you're getting taught something or you're indulging in a, a teacher or some sort of person that is a role model to you. If if that is if their message is like anything goes and that makes you the most spiritual, yeah. we're just saying, you know, maybe just be aware of that and, and question it a little bit. Yeah, and I would say if it somehow makes it so you don't have to be accountable, it's not become extremely red flag. Like yeah. become extremely aware that that's a red flag. If you don't have to be accountable, then something's you, not it, right. You're off the path. You're off the path. Accountability is the key here. So, and it's all about accountability um, and integrity. It's the most most powerful teaching to really lock in on. So, if you feel like you know I'm doing all these things, and if I really were accountable and I checked in with it. Do I feel empowered as I do all these things? Um, now that you put it this way, I don't know. And if you need to be accepted and loved for things that you feel ashamed about, the answer isn't that. Yeah, do it in a healthier way. The answer way. is to do in our work and to make mm -hmm. peace and forgiveness and space for yourself to see that everything you did was to protect yourself and everything you yes. did was to was to comfort yourself and everything you did was because you were unconsciously reacting to somebody unconsciously passing trauma to you mm -hmm. it's to it's to see the fullness of the picture and to heal it and to move on from it not just stay in it and be like oh okay now you know, I have this spiritual teaching that lets me be in my addiction or that lets me be, a, you know, unaccountable, problematic behavior. Mm -hmm. It's it's to, 
you can still have self-acceptance and have discipline. I think that we think yes. that it's one or the other. Like we need to yeah. throw out discipline in order to have self-acceptance. We have to throw out standards in order to uh, love ourselves. And that's not yeah, you, it. You, you'd be disciplined. You try your absolute best, but you at all times self-accept and love and just learn from every mistake. You just learn from things and, and you just take accountability you, for them. And, and ironically, they're not that big of a deal. I want to tell you all the the keystone teaching in the yoga tradition that we come back to is equal parts effort, equal parts unattachment. It's abhyasya vairagya byam tanna rodaha. It is the, the keystone teaching of yoga is you, if you want to have success in this, if you want to have a liberation and self-realization, you have to show up 110% and have compassion, have grace, have mm -hmm. acceptance for the way things unfold. Not only have discipline and have no grace for be your mistakes. Rigid. Yes, I and be rigid. Yeah, and be all because then you're just back into the shame and guilt again. And it's not throw out discipline and just embrace yourself. Mm -hmm. You see how they said it very clearly. Mm -hmm. It's equal parts, parts effort and unattachment. Equal parts try discipline. Equal parts compassion and grace. Mm -hmm. always all times equal parts you have to do both yeah and if you can learn how to live in this beautiful balance that is true heaven within that's the kingdom of heaven within you right there that is nirvana because every day you full up, you fully show up to love your life and to do your best and then you also though are free and you make peace with any unconscious behavior or on you know things that happen outside of your control like all of it, if it unfolds in a way you didn't expect, you still have grace and peace with that. But you don't say, oh, well. Oh, well. You say, okay, great, I learned a lot, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again, I'm going to try my best again, I'm going to try my best again. And you don't say, I'm such a S-A-S-H-I. Yeah, P-O-S. Yeah, you just. You just say, nope, I tried my best, and that was the best I could do in that moment, and now I'm going to try again. Yeah. So, okay, good. Good guys, talk, everyone. Good talk, guys. You got this. Don't fall for the pit, the, the pitfalls. Yeah. And if you did, it's okay. Yeah, we just, did, too. Yeah. Like we've been saying this all the time, we did it, too. So just, just like correct. we just said, okay, wow, I totally did I that. I learned a lot. Course you know, correct. I totally just looked at porn like an hour ago. Wow, I better stop now. Like, there you go. <laughs> you know, like whatever your thing was, just be like, hmm, you're right. Like, no I'm guilt, totally no shame, suffering no from that. I'm, I'm, I probably am going to create suffering from that. Hmm. Do I really want that? I guess not. No, I'll just try you. something else. I'm not a big deal. You're totally loved. You're totally accepted. But why head down a but dark path? I have path? a standard I'm going to strive I, for. Yeah, strive towards the light. Cool. There you go. And you're totally loved the whole journey. All right. Till next time. Till next time. Namaste. Love you guys. Namaste.